Good morning, afternoon, Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast about the Kansas City Royals uploading every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Except the Monday is kind of a running joke where I actually don't upload every Monday, but maybe, maybe someday, we will get back to those secret, elusive Mondays. I mean, it's Monday, dude. Mondays suck. Everyone knows it, so hopefully... You uh, can bear with me as I continue to struggle through these difficult times. Because it's not been all sunshine and rainbows with the Royals either, has it? So since we last talked, the Royals have played five games. They had a three-game series against the Detroit Tigers. And then they started their four-game series against the Houston Astros. They played the first two games of those. They lost both of those games, and they lost one out of three to the Tigers. So they they, they did get two out of three against the Tigers, which we like to see. And then, uh, yeah, and then you kind of hopefully maybe try to get something out of the Astros series, but the Astros are just super good, so it's not all that surprising that they've lost both of those games so far. Maybe they'll lose the next both games. I don't know, man. I tried to say lose the next both uh, just to be goofy or silly, and I don't think that worked. Ah, well. Although, the thing is, these games haven't been completely terrible. Even though they've ended up in losses, they've ended up in really frustrating losses. That's what they've ended up being. The Royals haven't played horrible baseball across the board. It's just... I don't know, either it's just a bad day for someone or a couple of guys, or they do get in their own way a couple of times. But I would dare say that this team has been looking a little bit more competitive over the last few weeks, and this last stretch of uh, five games has been kind of a exemplary of that i think you know again you you go you taking two out of three against the tigers is at least. You know, it's the least the Royals can do right now, right? At least they can look competitive against a team that is within their uh, their strike zone, I guess. So that Friday game, let's see, that was the game where Brad Keller had six scoreless innings, which is pretty fantastic. It was a kind of a, you know, a vintage Brad Keller start. So that was nice. And that was the day where Vinny Pasquantino got his first home run. Yay! Vinny P homered! It was kind of a weird home run where no one really knew if it was actually a home run or not, so he ended up like getting thrown out at second or something. Uh, I don't know. Comerica, weird ballpark, I guess. It, it, what did it do? It hit like the top of the wall and then bounced back in or something. Kind of weird, but don't worry about that happening much more often because this is not a guy who's going to hit some Mickey Mouse home runs like that. This guy, I think that home run was 112 or 113 off the bat. It ended up being the the hardest hit ball of the Royals season, I think. Yeah, so he's going to crush some baseballs and he's going to hit a lot more than that, a lot further than that. No Mickey Mouse home runs from Vinny P going forward. Or not a lot more, but, you know, he's got power is what I'm trying to say. So that was the game uh, on Friday. The Royals won 3-1. to one. That was pretty cool. And then on Saturday, they lost 3-4 to four after giving up two home runs in the ninth inning to get walked off. They were leading. They were winning 3-2, to two, and then they gave up two home runs. So... That sucks. Uh, thanks a lot, Yoel Piamps. That was a 
his fault, I guess. Maybe he shouldn't have pitched a second inning. I I don't know. Who knows? I mean, the guy did just come back from the IL, so maybe it was kind of a weird decision. You know, there was a time when we were pretty excited about Piamps, and uh, we were thinking, hey, this guy could be like a solid bullpen arm. And I was even thinking, I'm like, you know what? I like him in high-level leverage situations because he did have a, a, a nice stretch of uh, dominant outings, and then that didn't work, and then he went to the IL. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, yeah, that, that that's that's just a bummer. It's just a big bummer, big big shame that we couldn't win that one. And I'm also going to kind of throw some shade on Chris Bubich because it was a really bad start for him as well. Four innings, uh, four point two innings, and only four strikeouts along with three walks. He did only give up two runs, so he you know limited the damage, but still, just not not a great start really. But that was about it. And then on Sunday, the Royals won. They won uh, seven to four, so that was cool. Brady Singer had a very, very weird start where for four innings he was untouchable, and it really looked like he was on his way to having one of his best starts ever a- again. Um, and then his fifth inning, it just completely fell apart. I mean, the, the, he got eight innings. He got eight strikeouts in the first four innings and no runs. Like, the, they... I know it's the Detroit lineup who is collectively hitting, like, 200 or something. They are the worst lineup in baseball. But still, like, he was just stunting on them. It was brutal. It was completely unfair. And then the fifth inning, just... I don't know what happened. I don't understand what happened. He just com- he just died out on there on the mound, and it was not good. He gave up a bunch of hits, few walks, um, gave up a couple of runs. You know, his pitch count went from like sixty to ninety-seven or something. It was just it was just like the worst inning ever in what was what could have been maybe his best start ever. So that's a shame. So he only walks away with four point two innings pitched two earned runs, three walks, with those nine strikeouts. So, I don't know, at least something good kind of happened there. At least he did something all right there. I think this game was also the return of Jackson Kowar. I think this was the first time we've seen Jackson Kowar since uh, the very beginning of the season where he pitched one game and then got optioned immediately because it was awful. And um, he had a scoreless inning. Jackson Kowar threw a scoreless inning, guys. He only threw one inning, but it was scoreless. He 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 had a scoreless appearance. Oh my god, what is happening? What in the world is going on? Amazing. Amazing what a time away from Cal Eldred will do to someone. But on the opposite side in this game, the Royals really got to Tarek Screwball. They, he, he also only pitched 4.2 innings, but gave up five runs, three walks, and only one strikeout. Like he was not fooling the Royals lineup very much, and they were really, uh, they were really getting to him. They were really doing some damage to him. And overall, that lineup collected 11 hits and eight walks to translate into seven runs so it was a pretty strong game from this lineup and that's just what this lineup is capable of doing you know this lineup is capable of getting on base a lot more and just putting the ball in play a lot more I think everyone yeah everyone on the lineup either got a hit or a walk except for Cam Gallagher so uh 
Maybe uh, step it up a little bit, Galley. But other than that, yeah. Uh, Nicky Lopez had a four-hit game. Yeah, a four-hit game. He went four for four with an RBI. So that's cool. Hopefully, Nicky Lopez will get going. I said a while ago, like back when he hit that triple, like maybe something good will happen with Nicky Lopez. And also, Emmanuel Rivera had a home run. That's another guy we really need to get going. Someone we were really excited about for a bit when he was a... Uh, you know, really hitting the ball well and actually playing some solid defense at third base, he has slowed down to a halt. He has screeched to a halt. He has not really done anything over the last few weeks. But, yeah, he had a two-hit game, including a home run. So that's awesome. And Edward Olivares also hit a home run. He's not someone who really slowed down, but it's great to see him hitting home runs. He also had a two-hit game, and he drew a walk. And that walk was actually an RBI because it was a bases-loaded walk. So that's pretty cool. And Andrew Benintendi had a two-hit game, which is great because we really need Benintendi to keep his trade value up. And Whit Merrifield, he had the th he had a three-walk game. Yeah, not a three-hit game, not three-hit wit, three-walk wit. What? That's a... Uh... That's very unusual, but I'll take it. And he did also get a hit, so he went one for two with three walks. Awesome. Great job, Whit Merrifield. Also, a weird, maybe fun fact that I've noticed about this game, this uh, this Sunday game. Uh, the Tigers had nine hits overall. Every one of their starters got a hit. Every single one of their starters, one through nine, they all got one hit, and they had nine hits as a team. I don't know if I've ever, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't know how <laughs> common that is, but that is very, very strange. How does everyone in the lineup get exactly one hit? I don't know. Well, whatever. So that was a, overall a pretty solid series against the Tigers. You, you, it should have been a sweep because we were in position to sweep them, but, you know, it had a couple of mistakes. It's unfortunate. You know, this team, you know, it makes too many mistakes. It's what, ha it's what happens. It's not perfect. So even in the uh, games that should be easy to win, they're, they're going to blow it sometimes. That is just how it is. And then the real test comes against the Houston Astros. Once again, a very, very good team. And uh, this was especially scary for Jonathan Heasley, who, I don't know, like, I, I like Jonathan Heasley, but I don't know, how well is he going to do against a really, really strong lineup like the Astros, who, you know, just kind of battered us around the last time we uh, got to play him, play them, rather. And Heasley went six innings and only gave up two runs. One was unearned. Six innings, one earned run against the Astros. Like, he wasn't dominating them. He wasn't blowing by them. He only got three strikeouts, two walks, but he was navigating through them really, really well. He just seemed to at least know what to do against them, and he went six innings. Like, six innings it just in general is great, in my opinion, but then you only get the two runs, and only one of them was unearned. He, he only gave up three runs overall, or three hits. Three hits, two walks, one earned run. Like, that was... Fantastic. It was, that was a fantastic start from Jay Heasy. We'd love to see it. 
But then uh, the rest of the pitching staff came in. So Alec Mills, the guy recently acquired, he gave up two earned runs in his uh, his outing. The next inning, uh, actually, no, he came in for the second inning. Oh no! Okay, I think I remember. He, I think he gave up a scoreless. He gave up. He he had a scoreless inning. Then he came back out for the eighth inning, and then got a hit or someone on base, whatever. So Mike Matheny goes to Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett just lays an egg on the mound and leaves with the bases loaded, two walks, one hit, nothing, nothing else, no outs, just. Thanks for literally nothing, my dude. And uh, Taylor Clark came in and tried to stop the bleeding, and he, I guess, kind of did, but it was too late at that point. The Astros tied the game, and then Scott Barlow came in, and he got two outs, but then gave up a walk-off home run to Jordan Alvarez. Yay, our favorite boy, Jordan. Uh, Yeah, so that was pretty unfortunate so a really really great start by Jonathan Heasley and a really bad start from their guy Jake Odorizzi who the Royals were they were just on top of him the entire way through four innings nine hits uh, five earned runs his first inning was like 38 pitches or something like they were taking long at bats against him they were hitting him around they were absolutely bullying this dude so, yeah, it, it's just really, it's just really unfortunate. You got a really great start from your guy, and then got a really bad start from their guy, and then the bullpen just can't do anything to help you out. Really unfortunate. Really, that's a game we should have won. All things considered, you know, again, going through the lineup, Whit Merrifield had a two-hit game, awesome. Benintendi had a three-hit game and a walk, three for four with a walk. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. had a walk and a hit. MJ Melendez had a two-hit game, and both of those hits were home runs. Yeah, man. Yeah. MJ has been slumping a little bit. He hasn't been hitting well lately, but that game, yeah, that was the game for him. That was a great night for him. And... I'm just going to kind of take this game to rant about Amir Garrett a little bit, because, you know, Amir Garrett, I think, did the most damage to us in that game. And, you know, I feel like it's important to talk about him because on this podcast, I've really given him a lot of pa- a lot of passes. I've really given this guy the benefit of the doubt because he, he came from Cincinnati. You know, he, his career started off pretty nice. But it hasn't been great for the last few years or so. And when he got traded, you know, I look, the trade itself was completely fine. Like, what we traded, trading Mike Miner away, the only purpose of that was for a salary dump. And in a salary dump, it doesn't matter what you get back. The point of the trade is just to move this contract, this salary, that amount of money off of the books. So getting Amir Garrett back, it didn't matter. The real purpose of that trade was so that we wouldn't have to pay Mike Miner like $10 million for this year, and we could instead use that $10 million for something else, which turned out to be Zach Greinke. So all in all, great trade, no matter what. But getting Amir Garrett 
could have been a small bonus because he came over here and he was like, yeah, you know what? I haven't been good lately because uh, it's Cincinnati sucks. <laughs> and that team just wasn't very good. It wasn't very fun to play for. So I just kind of lost my fire. I lost my competitive passion and I just wasn't putting in a lot of effort. Or not as much as I used to. And you know what? Fair. I can buy that because... When the season started, Amir Garrett was great. He was really, really good for the first month or so. And I think that excuse works if you're bad and then go back to being good in a change of environment. That makes a lot of sense. But uh, since May, since May 3rd, when he gave up his first run of the season, he has an ERA of 9.2. Huh? Huh? That's just something interesting to point out. And look, I can understand the problem if it's once again just a matter of not playing for a competitive team and being like, yeah, you know what? This team isn't winning, so why should I try hard to win, I guess, if the rest of the team isn't going to win with me? I understand it. I understand that it's not very fun to play for the Royals right now, but at some point... You have to make the situation better for yourself. You can't just say, oh, well, everything sucks for me, so I'm just not even going to try. I mean, that's just not going to do anything for you. I mean, look, I, I, again, I get it. The Royals are bad. It's not fun to play for them right now. So play above their level and make them make yourself more attractive for a better team, is what I'm saying, basically. Make yourself a trade candidate. Throw well enough so that the Royals can be like, hey, you know what? You're too good for us right now. We're going to send you to a team that, you know, will utilize your talents better and, you know, can actually win some meaningful games with you. You're not going to do that by just throwing, like, ass all the time. I mean, at this point, what competitive team is going to look at Amir Garrett and go, oh, hey, th this guy, you know, he had some good seasons in the past, but his last two seasons have been horrible. Who, who like no, like who's going to look at that and be like, oh yeah, this is what we need right now. We we definitely got to get this guy. You 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 just can't blame a bad team for your own struggles. Basically, you just can't keep blaming bad teams for yourself being bad. That's just that just doesn't work as an excuse. And I know I have been saying such a thing for uh for guys like Brady Singer. Where I'm like, yeah, Brady Singer should just demand a trade because the Royals aren't giving him the help that he needs. But he clearly has the talent. That's the thing, though. Like, he clearly has the talent. I think a lot of teams would look at someone like Brady Singer, like Jackson Kowar, like Chris Bubich, like these really young pitchers who, sure, haven't had a lot of success in the majors so far, but still have that talent. Like, like you can just say, well, the Royals just haven't utilized their talent properly. They haven't unlocked their potential. Yet, but teams are going to look at that and like and say, "Yeah, we we can do that. We can unlock their potential. We can do what the Royals can't." No one is going to say that about a thirty-year-old relief pitcher. I don't think because who cares, frankly. So I don't know. Maybe it's not an attitude problem with Amir Garrett. Maybe he really just has lost his mechanics because he did. Um, recently signed with some, like, I don't know, some, like, pitching 
coaching organization on the internet or something like that. Like there was a, there was this kind of a funny thing going on. There was this uh, this Twitter account that has like pitching coaches or something, and they're like, oh, we signed Amir Garrett. We're looking forward to working with him, and it just it was very interesting because you know it's like, huh, a Royals pitcher going outside of the organization for help. Hmm, that's interesting. And and no shade to those guys. No shade to the codified Twitter account who seemed really weirdly defensive about it. They were like, oh, but we 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 have players from every organization. We do this and this and this. And it's like, dude, we're not mad at you. Like you're, you're like you're fine. It's great that you're helping out. It's great that you know our guy is going somewhere to get the help that he hopefully needs. You know, it's just we're just kind of wondering why isn't this happening within the organization? Why, like, how do these guys have the data or whatever that the Royals supposedly don't have? I I don't know, dude. Anyway, anyway, I'm just saying maybe maybe it's not actually an attitude problem with Amir Garrett, but it just really sticks in my head how he was kind of complaining about Cincinnati at the beginning of the season when he was really good. And then now suddenly it's like the Royals, the moment the Royals are completely out of it, Amir Garrett is also out of it. Unless he wants to, unless it's the Tigers and he wants to fight Javi Baez, which I guess is kind of funny because, you know, fights happening is fun, but like, Bro, you suck. Javi Baez also sucks. So uh, this is just not that much. It's not that interesting of a fight, really. Uh, yeah, but that's it. I I just feel I just kind of felt like ranting about Amir Garrett a little bit because you know at the start of the season I was really happy and excited for him and I was willing to look past his struggles a little beyond after that. Um, but lately he's been absolutely terrible. So at this point, I'm just kind of over it. And I'm thinking he's either a non-candidate, a non-tender candidate at the end of the season, rather, or even just a DFA candidate. Like, just, just, why bother, you know? And then he can get picked up by another team like the Orioles, who are also bad. And he can continue pitching badly because he's like, hey... This team isn't good. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just... It just kind of bothers me, I guess. It's just kind of annoying. I'm over it. And anyway, yesterday, we had another game against the Astros. A very strange game, because it was a high-scoring game on both sides, which I don't know if a lot of people expected, because it was Zach Greinke and Luis Garcia. Zach And both, both pitchers had really, really bad starts. Zach Greinke... Went five innings, gave up six earned runs on ten hits, two walks and only two strikeouts, although I guess that's not super uh, unusual. And then Luis Garcia went 6.1 innings, gave up five earned runs, did get seven strikeouts and only one walk, so he did manage to control the Royals a little bit. Maybe just enough. But, uh... Yeah, the Astros overall just had a stronger lineup that day. They got two hits off of uh, t- two home runs off of Granky and also two home runs off of Kowar. Yeah, Jackson Kowar came back. He th- he went three innings and gave up three earned runs. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, 
It's Minute Maid Park. Minute Maid Park is like the smallest park in MLB. And some of those home runs were kind of cheap. So it is what it is, I guess. I mean, I'm not even really saying that to be like, oh, the Astros don't deserve... Look, I just don't like the Astros in general. I don't like anything about Houston, Texas. I don't like anything about Texas in general. <laughs> I think Texas overall is really bad, and then Houston is like the worst part of it. So, whatever. I don't. I just don't like it. But at least it was a decent day offensively. Another two-hit game for Whit Merrifield, which is great. Benintendi hit and walked, so that's great. MJ homered again, which is awesome. And Bobby homered, which is awesome. And he also had a really great defensive play, which is funny because yesterday, before the game started, I was really kind of uh, complaining about Bobby. Not really anything against him, but I just feel like maybe the Royals should cool it with him a little bit. I was listening to a Royals Weekly over the weekend, and they were talking about how Bobby is just playing so much, and maybe he could have an off day or two every now and then. And it's not something I thought about, but I'm like, yeah, why not? Why not ha- give him an off day every now and then? Especially on road games, you know? Like, I, I, I would at least understand playing him at home games because a lot of people are going to the stadium to see Bobby Wood Jr. I kind of get that. And then, you know, for many people, that's probably the only reason why they're going to games now. But, you know, he, I think he, he he really does deserve to have some days off every now and then. Just rest him up a little bit. You know, it, it's kind of gotten me thinking that the Royals are really insistent on playing guys as much as possible. I mean, how, like, you think about how many players actually play 162 games right, in a season, and, you know, it's not that much, not a lot of guys do that, and usually when someone does, it's from the Royals, it's like the Royals have guys that play 162 games, they have Alcides Escobar, and Whit Merrifield, and it's like, I guess it's cool that they work hard, but does that actually help all that much? Is it great that they play so many games? I would maybe say long-term, no, because look what happened to Esky long-term. Look what happened to Wit long-term. Do we want to do that same thing with Bobby? Just play him every single day because, oh, he's so good. Yeah. I don't know. Do we want to exhaust that talent as quickly as possible in a season that's terrible? A season that's awful? You know, I mean, they have Witt Jr. playing every single game. And at the same time, they're like, well, we don't want to pressure Vinny Pasquantino. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, dude. But maybe in a uh, swick, a sick twist of fate, maybe Bobby will get his days off because he got hit on the fingers or something with the... With a baseball, with a pitch, it was uh, not good. Not good. So, I would take this opportunity to give him a day off. Give, give, give Bobby a day off. <laughs> hopefully he's okay. You know, hopefully he's not hurt. He was in the dugout pretty much immediately after. Like, he, like he left the game after that hit, hit by pitch. And he went into the clubha- clubhouse. But he came back out. 
and he was back out on the dugout. And hopefully that's a good sign. You know, the fact that he wasn't given an, a long examination, hopefully it means that he's fine. I didn't see what any reports said after the game, but yeah, hopefully it'll be okay for Bobby. But still, give him a day off. You know, give him a give him a day off. Although it is nice that I, you know, was saying that yesterday and then he had a two-hit game, including a home run. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's all right. It's all right. Still, just, just give him a day off every now and then. Just arrest your guys. You know, it's what they need to do. So uh, let Bobby rest. Um, That's about it, though. That's all I have to say for uh, those games. Those past few games, decent games by the Royals, all things considered. Again, like, they, no blowout losses, you know, a couple of walk-offs, which are frustrating, blown bullpen, bullpen leads, which are a little infuriating, but, you know, again, at least they're showing up. At least the, at least the lineup is hitting, you know, and I think that's one of the, if we can't have good pitching, at least we can have good hitting, and hopefully the pitching will come around at some point. <laughs> hopefully sooner rather than later or something so i don't know but going forward we have two more games against the astros we have one tonight and then one tomorrow today brad keller is going to go against christian javier who's you know another great pitcher for the houston astros they've just got a fantastic rotation one to five and tomorrow oh boy tomorrow is going to be a real a, a, a real game worth seeing. It's Chris Bubich against Justin Verlander. Yeah, you know, Justin Verlander, that Hall of Fame pitcher who has come back from Tommy John after getting in in 2020 and now has a 2.03 ERA. <laughs> yeah, that Justin Verlander. So uh, good luck, Chris. Have fun. Have fun, Royals. We'll talk about it, hopefully, uh, afterwards. and. Yeah, that's going to do it for me today. I hope you're hope you're doing well. Uh stay cool out there. It's pretty hot outside. So, uh, assuming you live in Kansas City, if you don't live in Kansas City, I don't know where do you live? Is it hot over there? Uh, tell me. Tell me how the weather is. How's the weather up there at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's about it. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux, and go Royals. <laughs>